Okay, everybody, welcome to another episode of the uh, Community Spotlight. I'm here with Ryan today. Hey, hey, hey. How's it going? I'm doing pretty good. How are you? Doing really well. All right. So we've been planning this one for a little while, and I'm happy to get you on mm -hmm. here. And it's going to be the same format as the rest of them. We're talking to Ryan, the fan of DNR, and uh, <laughs> Ryan, the, the person... And not so much Ryan, the DNR cast member. So um, yep. that's pretty much the plan. So uh, we'll start with one of the questions I ask everybody. Um, when and how did you find Dungeons & Randomness? Uh, so I started listening somewhere around episode 30 to 40. Um, I don't remember the exact time that I started around that. But it basically came up in a conversation with one of my coworkers that he's like, I, I want to try this D&D thing. And we need someone to DM. We need to kind of learn what this is all about. And so I started researching different sources, uh, different examples. Um, and through that research, I basically found DNR. And I was like, oh, okay, I really like how they're committing to the role play with this. This is one that I like. Hmm. Yeah, so that was that was pretty early on then. So you, you've yeah, been around yeah. longer than most of the people that I've talked to on here. So I've been a fairly uh, silent observer uh, <laughs> through most of it. Interesting. Um, okay, so you started listening and you're into the role play and stuff. Was there like were you hooked right away? Did you go back and binge like all forty of them that were there, or was there a certain mm -hmm. episode that got you hooked on it, or how did that go? I don't think there was a particular episode. Uh, to be one hundred percent honest. A lot of it, what got me hooked on like listening to DNR at that point in time was the audio quality was better than the competitor podcasts that were out there. And, hmm. and that's a, that's a big thing for me. And so, you know, yeah, there was, you know, guys that were fans of wrestling were sitting down and do this. It was like, okay, well, at least it's good audio. Like you can tell that they podcast, they could tell that, you know, they're, they're at least at trying to do this the right way and knowing that stuff i was like okay well now that i listened to the most recent episode let me go back and listen to the nonsense that started all of this um so yeah i, I would say that that's pretty much about it hmm. that that's interesting actually and that is definitely a thing like you would think that podcasting would have improved a lot over the years but i listened to mm -hmm. a lot of podcasts and I don't think there's another one that the audio quality is as good as most DNR episodes are. I mean, sometimes something crazy happens. Yeah, but... and I think I think that's because it's very easy to just simply record yourself and throw that out there. But to take it to that next level, when you're taking in the you know the normalization, the compression, the leveling all those different audios out, adding in music, it's that's taking it to the next level. That's a next level of effort that you have to put into it. Yes, that is a level that I do not put into this show. So <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Um, okay, uh, so you're you're listening back in arc one. Did you have uh, like a favorite story arc or like set or group of episodes from arc one? So looking back at arc one as a whole, my favorite uh, kind of character arc, oddly enough, was Carter. Um, mm -hmm. And, and going from, you know, kind of his essentially humble beginnings of he's just kind of the town cleric 
stuff happens and because he's so uneducated and stuck in like his little glass box you see him go two completely radical directions to where not only does he just become this religious leader but he takes over the town and brings it to his prosperous essentially a nation um all built upon the same kind of sacrilegious viewpoint and i i think it's it's something that it relates back to a lot of stuff that uh, I, I grew up with in a sense. And I think that's one thing that I really like about it because one of the things is I, I was kind of born in the deep South States and I was raised in the deep South States. So you see a lot of racism and stuff going on. Uh, but one of the things with that is I was also heavily involved with the military side because my dad was in the military. And because of that, it was it doesn't matter what the person's skin color is, but you're, you know, you're there. I had a lot of best friends that were of different races and I didn't really understand it growing up, but looking back, it was just like, Oh, that's what that was. Um, it, and it's one of those things that also being in the deep South, you're, you're go like, there's a church like every two blocks. And yeah. And so that's something that is is kind of relatable. It's like, okay, well, if, if you're not educated enough, if you're not taking your viewpoint and taking a step back to look at the bigger picture, you, I, I could see exactly where Carter's head was at if he's thinking about the wrong stuff. Um, and so that, to me, was a, a very big point that a, not a lot of people hit really well, but Jason did a really good job with that. Hmm. Yeah, I... Can definitely I, again. I will follow your lead here and not share a lot of personal stories on that. But I, I definitely <laughs> have some some family in Tennessee, and uh, I can it, back mm -hmm. up everything you just said about um, all of that stuff. So <laughs> yeah, 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 I can definitely relate to that. Um, okay, so uh, kind of listened through most of Arc One, and then like right around the beginning of arc two, I think it's when the Patreon group started up and you ended up in mm -hmm. one of those. Um, how did that happen yeah. and what did you play on there? And yeah, let's talk about that a little. So I, I was one of the first, first waves after someone dropped out. It was like the first person that dropped out. I forgot who I basically replaced on it. Um, but I saw that there was a spot available. Jason made a tweet about it. And I knew that I had the the money to be able to do it like for a year or so. I was like, okay, I, I have the budget to where I could do this. I can commit to a year or so of this. That would be fantastic. So instead of just immediately signing up, I messaged Jason privately because at this point, I, I met Jason in person through um, Dragon Con a couple, well, it was like, a, I think the one just before that year. And... I was staying at the cast house during that time and I really got some time to talk to him and everything. So instead of just signing up, I wanted to, to talk with him about kind of the logistics of some of it before I signed up. Everything checked out really well. And so I just went ahead and signed up. And then um, it was like the th third episode of, of Patreon group one, I believe that I, I hopped on. Okay. So that's pretty early. Yeah. And you were playing a proto Varus. Is that the case? Pretty much, yeah. An, an Alphys, uh, an Alphys, uh, a Varus Alpha uh, or, or, or Proto. Um, it's 
so I really wanted to play a monk, but uh, Jane Hathaway was she was playing a monk, and so I was like, okay, well, I don't want to do two monks. So what else can I do? What else can kind of be monk esque? Okay, well, the next best thing is kind of like a dexterity thing. Okay, well, I can do kind of like a knife fighting rogue. And I was like, okay, well, let me look at the at the party. So I looked at the party, and there was a lot of melee people. And I'm like, okay, well, we really need somebody in the back. So what's the next thing that I could do? And so I ended up playing a, a essentially a, a ranged rogue um, with a bow. But I kept the personality exactly the same of just he's he's this green adventurer. Uh, I knew a little bit about his backstory at that point of like, okay, well, he came from Brightport. He's really sheltered, came over and and went there. Um, just just for fun, uh, which one had better stat rolls, uh, Varus Proto or Varus Current? Do you remember? Uh, Proto, Proto, <laughs> definitely. I had some insane stats. I think I had two stats that were from like level one. Were at eighteen. Um, I was very disappointed to let those stats go. <laughs> <laughs> no, no character copy over, huh? So. <laughs> no, no, it was because we play the the Patreon games, or at least the 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 Patreon group one and two. Those are essentially like an alternate reality version, to yep. where because it's it's very hard in Jason's perspective, and he's, even at the listeners, if the Patreon groups could affect the world, that would in turn affect the primary feed. So yeah. just to keep that separated, it's okay, well, there's basically this alternate reality. And so I'm playing essentially the alternate reality version of that Varus. Hmm. That makes sense. Uh, does one of them have a mustache and the other one doesn't? But, uh, <laughs> isn't that the way they do that all the time? Oh, that, that would have been funny, though. If I knew that ahead of time, that would have been great. I'm kind of Competing surprised. with Merrick. <laughs> Yeah, I'm kind of surprised actually that the uh, you're on DRP currently. This might be the only mm -hmm. little bit of current stuff that we talk about. I just listened to that episode today. Um, oh I'm, yeah, I'm a little surprised that that is on mainline Theria because I feel like you guys could really screw some stuff up. But oh yeah, it's we had a, a conversation about that kind of like. I don't know if it's going to be in a full behind the scenes or or if they're going to release that or not. But we had a, a conversation lead, talking about all of that stuff. And it basically came down to like, well, we, we see both points. We see both sides. There's there's pros and cons to each each way that we do this. And then Jason basically went, you know what? Screw it. Let's do this. Like, <laughs> are, are you sure? Like, you just be sure before you commit to this. Um, but yeah, it's, it's been a lot of fun. We just recorded the third episode, uh, I think yesterday night. Yeah. Yesterday night. Um, it's, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. And, uh, so far Draconis has not been too crazy. So, like, <laughs> so maybe not, far. not the worst in the group, maybe. So yeah, no, yeah. no, it's, You're all we're, terrible. we're all, yeah, we're all horrible people. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, that, that's enough of that. Um, great. So you were talking about um, somebody at work wanted to play D&D &D and you started listening to these podcasts and stuff. Is that kind of where you started or did you play earlier than that? So 
I, I really wish I could say that I was playing from like a kid and in, in early on because I think those stories are fascinating of the level of commitment through all of that. But no, it was it was basically around like early 2014, I want to say, of like when I started. Um, coming from somebody that like went out and I would pick up a stick as a kid and pretend it was a sword and, you know, kind of pretend fighting with your friends and doing all of that stuff. Uh, to basically doing nothing but video games and then essentially subbing out the majority of the video games that I play into tabletop games. Almost every single bit of it is is D&D 5th edition because that's that's what I know and comfortable with. Um, but yeah, I don't have a huge history. Yeah, I think, you know, my, like my personal history is sounds a lot like that. Actually, it was always like the one thing that I had never done that people in my mm-hmm. family are like, Oh, you would really love this. I'm like, yeah, but I don't think I would really love it with you. And I don't have anybody yeah, else yeah. to play with. So, <laughs> yeah. Um, so like my first game was last year sometime. So, Oh wow. Yeah. Yeah. Like after I got into the DNR stuff and I started playing oh. in a game with Rob. Um, okay. and I've, I run a game like maybe I ran a couple games for people in my family first before that. But um, mm. yeah, I'm in a game with Rob and then uh, I'm running my first game now too uh, for some people yeah, on there. there so go. yeah, it's we have a similar history because I was always into like fantasy mm-hmm. and all that stuff, but just mm-hmm. never, never got into D&D and, and things. Probably the, yeah. the social stuff was something for me too. So I'm not a person to go yeah. down to the game store. <laughs> No, same here. Yeah. Same here. Yeah. I, it's not very, I don't know. It, it doesn't stand out of like a thing that's like I get joy from of going to the game store and sitting down with strangers to yeah. play this game. Even, even something like, like uh, up until today at this point, I've tried one random game with strangers and it turned out so horrible that I, I walked away in a fit of rage. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> like it's and it wasn't anything like a lot of stuff that happened at the table that was like okay this is this is a little weird and then like something happened and because we didn't like say something just perfect the gm just started screaming at all of us and we're like oh okay dude look if this is how you're gonna be i'm i'm out and he just kept screaming at us we're like all right i'm i'm done this is a great experience <laughs> and then just walk away <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I, I'll promise right now that I will not scream at you uh, next <laughs> next Saturday uh, as we're playing a Dungeon Crawl Classics game at Theory. I, I don't consider you guys so, uh, like a bunch of strangers, though. Yeah. So it's there's a few people you know in that game, I think. So mm-hmm. yeah, it it should be it should be okay. I have to finish working on that game, but uh, I oh. got time. I got time. So I believe in you. It'll be fine. It'll totally be fine. Um, <laughs> okay. Uh, good enough. So I had a, one question about DNR on here, and it just says, like, your luck on DNR. And I, I think that's just because you have kind of a history of oh, some yeah. bad roles, especially yeah. in holiday games. Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, does, does that keep up in other games you play, or is that just the DNR curse that you have going on right now? I, I like to believe that it's a DNR one-shot curse 
um, that in all the one shots that I play with DNR, I am put in this weird position and I end up failing that like 99% of the time in the, in the Theriacon, um, that, that last game that we played, I, I don't remember like the title of it. Yeah. The Aladrin um, thing, whatever it was. I don't yeah, the Aladrin one, that was basically the one the one one shot that my character didn't flat out die, but it was to accomplish the goal that we were set out to do, um, which now it's out there. Um for for his mom to stay alive, I had to sacrifice my character. Yeah. It was like so for the good of the for the good of the cause I had to do this and I was like because it's not going to get done in any other way and it's not going to be as impactful if so, one of us did it. Um, so I was like, okay, I, I'm, I'm going to have to do this. Like I'm going to have to keep up the curse with this. This is this is it. But with with other games outside of DNR, it's it, it doesn't really happen. Like I've I've been in games where like I'm even wanting my character to die that I've played him so long, and it's like I just want to try somebody new because my DM won't let me retire him. And it's just like I get down, I get to like the last. Uh, I have like two successes and two fa- uh, two failures on the death saving throw, and I roll a success. And it's like, oh come on, just let me <laughs> let me play a different character, please. Um, because like we just ended a a couple months back, we ended about a f- four year or sorry three, yeah three year campaign uh, for Prince of the Apocalypse, and it was one of those things like it didn't make sense for my character to be there, but my GM didn't want me to, to swap characters out. It's like, okay, well, my only option is, is death. He's just going to start screaming and running into battle. And he never died. Yeah. It's like, oops, I, I didn't put my armor on and I'm running into battle. What's going to exactly. happen? <laughs> like, Oh yeah. darn. I only had enough time to put on my boots. That's it. Yeah. that. Not not to get into the, the DM thing, but like I I would totally be all for like, yeah, let's change your character so you can have fun. Like, I don't know. Yeah, and I'm I'm that way as as a GM because for me, when you're trying to tell a, a story with all of this, because that's basically what it's coming down to is is a story of of your group and the in the party, it would not make sense for some of the players to be there the majority of the time. Like I, I played in another kind of smaller campaign. I was just kind of helping a friend finish her campaign. And he was like, all right, I only need you here for like maybe three or four months. I need, you know, our tank had to drop out. I need you to come in and play a tank. I was like, okay, great. In the period of 12 hours in game, my character was the result of a player fireball. Um, his he was a dragonborn and his scales were completely like melded together and he had a hard time moving now. Um, he was backstabbed by someone in the party. He was uh, mind controlled and it was like all that happened within 12 hours. If this was a real life thing, this guy would look at everybody and go, no, screw you guys. I'm out and just walk away. It's like, yep. OK, well, we, we got to find some sort of balance there because that I can't make myself play that character when it's like all signs are pointing for me to leave. Yeah, I I just retired. 
um, my character in Rob's game last session because, like, I think I just made it too serious for me from the start. And then, like, he mm, had this pretty mm-hmm. tragic backstory thing. And then Rob kind of made it worse. And <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> I'm like, I'm just not having fun with this character anymore. And uh, mm. I just want to play something that fits a little bit. And I think that, like I said, that was like my first character in someone else's game. And mm-hmm, so mm-hmm. I just went for something that turns out, no, I want to play kind of the jokey character. I, I don't want to be this serious person who's like fiance yeah. burned up in a fire and all this stuff. So oh, boy. Yeah. Yeah. And that's, that's completely valid of, you know, sometime when you, I've done it before to where I, we go like before session zero, like I'm in my head, I start planning things out and then I sit down and we start all talking together and it's like, oh, okay, well, I'm going to take this paper and hide it behind my back because it's clearly not going to fit in with this group. I'll save this one for later. Um, you know, because we all have those characters and stuff that we would love to be able to play at some point. But yep. sometimes when you look at the, the group as a whole, it just does not make sense. Um, that's a good segue because I, I think on your show, Epically Short, um, mm-hmm. Tony Tony just said that exact same thing about the <laughs> character he wanted to play this time around. So it, it, yeah, yeah, that's it, it's something that at least with Epically Short, because we're fo- so focused on telling short stories. You know, we we did the first story and it was like, okay, we, we want to tell something completely different. So we had a, a little meeting and then we we're like, okay, well, well, how can we change this up? What can we do? And because we want to make every story different. And so we decided on kind of where we want to go. And then we were chatting with Zach, which we were pulling on for a guest. And um, we, we got an idea of kind of like, okay, well, this is the type of party that we want. And then you just saw like Tony's face light up. And because it was one of those things that he he was like, oh, okay, I'm gonna I have this idea. Well, then when we sat down to actually do the session zero stuff, this amount of stats that they rolled were insane, and he had to make a completely different shift. Well, then he made a shift to like, okay, well, this is how I'm gonna behave. And then all of a sudden, uh, we go to sit down for the very first episode. And we're talking about the way that they want to play the characters, just kind of character motivations. And then Tony goes, well, shit, I'm gonna have to change it again. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, so um, just a little bit more about Epically Short. So what did you think, like, from your perspective about the, the first little story that you told? Are you happy with how it came out? Did it go where you expected it to go? Or, yeah when we first started doing that, it was, I, so I sat down to basically plan out, um, essentially a skeleton schedule of, you know, here's a couple key points. This is where I'm going to go. And I only try to really do about two to three episodes ahead. So it was like, okay, well, all I know is that they're going to go from this one Island over to the main Island. And they're going to try to look for this person and I had no clue at the time that we were going to end up going into the re-education center. I also had no clue that they weren't just going to try to break in. No, they decided just to go in as like inmates, essentially, and go through the program. And I'm like, you guys are insane. 
why yeah. <laughs> why are you doing this um but it it was it was really fun like looking back it was really fun to be able to do that and really start off the podcast essentially with telling such an intense story um we we were basically getting in a almost a habit of ending the episode and like all right that's that's it we're 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 shutting down for the night and then you give it that pause just so you have a nice stopping point for the recording and then all of us would just sit there in silence just a little bit longer and go wow okay and it was like those moments were the best and it's like it's hard to capture when you're not doing it in person and we try to do our best when you edit it and put it out there but when you're sitting there in person it's like all this stuff is happening with your character and it's like susan starts to cry because her her mother is her in-game mother is possibly dead and like experiments were done on her and it's like wow you know it's 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 insane to get some of those emotions and think you can get that from a tabletop game yeah um so that definitely was a pretty dark storyline and yes (laughs) i'm i'm guessing you've kind of decided to make the second one hopefully go a little lighter than that um is there mm-hmm, mm-hmm. any other like format changes or anything you're making going into the second story, like episode lengths or timings or like any of that other stuff that you're playing with a little bit? Mm-hmm. So we don't want to change too much uh, going from story to story. So if we're going to do kind of those uh, those type of changes, we want to do do them kind of slow. So we're right now with the way that we're recording, it just fits a little bit better to kind of stick with that record for about an hour and a half, which will basically give us an hour ish of of content. Um, It just fits our schedule better right now to do that. So we're going to be sticking with that and sticking with a couple other things. Um, We have a couple process or workflow changes that we want to do to kind of be able to put a little bit more attention into the edit and and edit to the absolute best of our ability, which some of that is just as we start to work through some of this, you know, you live and you learn and and uh, you kind of perfect that as you go. So luckily, uh, Susan is is very much a person that's just like, yeah, I'm always willing to to improve. And, and she's been looking into a lot of different stuff. And Tony and I almost uh, pretty much full time at our, at our job, we're looking at how do we improve processes? How do we improve the quality of, of what we produce? even at our day job. So when we come here, we're doing the same thing. So we're looking at, okay, what legitimate automation can we throw in? What can we do to make this happen faster and better? Um, there's not going to be a whole lot of stuff that that the the audience will essentially see for, for a little bit, but we're working on a lot of stuff behind the scenes. Okay. And I guess the, the biggest change, obviously, is that you have another cast member this time around. So yeah, yeah. that's probably the biggest thing. And that's probably going to be the case going forward. I know you kind of, I don't want to put it out here, but I know you mm-hmm. kind of spoiled us on some future people that are going to be on. So yeah, um, so we're, I, I mean, I can go ahead and delude to, to, to some things. Um, we're, we wanted to do the very first short story with focusing on our, on the core cast. Uh, so that way everybody can kind of really get to know those people but then beyond that, we want to try our best to get at least one guest on every single thing. And we're we're basically starting off with our DNR family. 
of of bringing in those cast members and 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 starting from there because that's basically what got us our beginnings. That's you know the the core of our listener base right now comes from kind of a, a DNR background. So we definitely want to be able to use that and and really have fun and and it's like people with uh you know with Zach. I always enjoy getting in a in a game with Zach, but then. Uh, you know, we're we're talking to possibly like uh, Xavier at some point when his schedule clears up. And it's like I haven't got to sit down and actually play a game with Xavier other than a one shot game that we played at Dragon Con, not this last time, but the time before. Um, and it's like, yeah, I'd, I'd love to sit down and play play something, you know, play more games with them. But uh, you know, we just got to find that schedule. And this is kind of a, a a selfish way for me to be able to do this. <laughs> Yeah, um, n- not to mention that I just listened to, I think it was the just the behind the scenes or something, and uh, Zach's mm-hmm. like, hey, I'm just going to stay on here. So <laughs> Yeah, yeah, it's it was one of the things. Yeah. So we, we when we were looking up for uh, the core cast members, I, was, I always had it in my head that I wanted to have two to three core cast members, not including myself. And because I want to make sure that we had a small enough party that we could do something with, but at the same time, we can still have room to invite guests in and not have to manage a 10 person party. Um, so I, the, basically the initial people that I, I hit up was Tony, Susan and Zach. And Zach was like, I would love to do this, but I just don't have the freedom right now with my schedule, maybe eventually, but right now I, I, I can't commit to that. Uh, as a whole, he was like, but I would love to be your first guest done. Let's yep. you're signed up. Okay. Um, let's, let's keep moving here. Um, have, were there any like surprising challenges that you've run into kind of getting this thing off the ground? iTunes, man, <laughs> iTunes, <laughs> I had the hardest time with iTunes and it basically came down to two, to two issues. Um, one issue was I had with our, our logo, I had the right dimensions and uh, right color parameters and all of that stuff, but it was like 250 DPI instead of 300 DPI. Okay. That's what it came down to. And yeah. um, I they wouldn't give me any of the text of what was wrong. So I had to call their tech support and then figure out, oh, really that's that's it so i just went back into photoshop and then exported as 300 and then boom done um and then i ran it to another issue to where they're like oh we know that you're in a testing phase so once you're once you're outside of a testing phase you can we'll activate your account what do you mean we're in a testing phase i'm not in a testing phase i'm not sure what so that I, I yeah i i I don't know. Like somehow they automatically detected that we were in a testing phase. And so I had to, to again, call tech support. And after going back and forth for a couple of days, they finally figured out, oh, it was just a glitch in our, our detection. Are you kidding me? Like this, how do I have two of these things go wrong? So it's like everything was delayed by about two or like two to four weeks, I think, um, of just dealing with iTunes. Yeah. Um, by the way, the uh, I I hit you up a couple weeks ago because mm-hmm. yeah, somebody else I know was having trouble getting their show on iTunes, and um, mm-hmm. he got it fixed much faster than you. By the way, it took a couple <laughs> days. 
And uh, that's actually the other person that I'm going to be interviewing next. So okay, good, um, good, interesting thing. But yeah, um, do you have like one short-term goal, like something in the next year that you'd like to see happen with Epically Short, and maybe like a mm. long-term goal for Epically Short? Um. So, so so short-term goal. I mean, I, I think we want to keep it fairly plain and simple. As far as like, I want a complete anthology uh people are just now with with the new short story coming out with the sound of gold coming out people are starting to realize oh okay so you're within the same city but you're you're playing a different group i get you and i like people are starting to understand a little bit more of what our vision was but i think when we transition to the second anthology when it's a completely different environment a completely different mentality uh, of, as far as like the type of the world, you know, maybe it's not a futuristic ish setting. Maybe it's a Renaissance setting. I, I, I don't, I don't know, but you know, when we go to make that big transition, I, I think that's going to be a bigger, a bigger thing when more people are going to start to really understand what we, what we have planned. Um, okay. and the, the long-term goal I don't know. That's that's a little bit harder to answer because we're we're so focused right now on getting getting the foundation to broaden whatever we can. Um, so one of the one of the things you you particularly know about this, but one of the things that we started doing with the Patreon tier is not necessarily a like a Patreon game that you get to like play in the world. Uh, like a lot of other podcasts have done, but we're doing something different when the aspect of, you know, it's an, it's an R and D you're going to be a part of our R and D team. Um, and it's not making stuff for the campaign, but you're, you're helping us figure out other systems. Um, so the first one that we started to dive into is dungeon world and I'm horrible at learning new systems, but it's one that's like, we can all sit down and figure this all out together and really figure out, you know, what's the pros, what's the cons, what can we do? And I, I, I think there's stuff that we can do with that long term, um, as far as like maybe getting some sort of uh, like official rating system and and kind of putting that information out there and maybe making it a little bit easier for people to find different tabletop games, uh, depending on what they're wanting to do with it. Yeah, I think there's there's definitely room too for like. Well, we didn't love everything about Dungeon World, but mm -hmm. for example, this bomb thing is really cool, and we can exactly, see all those yeah. tables. And like, I could definitely see using that in an in a like a five E game, just using those bonds. Oh, tables abso absolutely. Your own. So yeah. that was pretty neat. So, yeah, but, I think there's a lot of influence that we can take as we start to explore all these different uh, systems. Yeah, for sure. Um, do you have anything else about Epically Short? We're kind of done with the uh, the Dungeons and Dragons part of the podcast at this point. So, do you have any last things on that? Or not? Not entirely. I mean, I think we pretty much kind of covered it. Okay. Um, I will put a link to, uh, I guess, the podcast feed. Um, do you have a website? I don't know if there's a website or not. We don't have a website yet, but it's in the works. Okay. That sounds good. I'll put a link to the, the podcast down in the description here if people haven't checked it out yet. Um, and when they go awesome. to the podcast, you have a Discord link on there so they can mm -hmm. hop over in the Discord and there's all kinds of stuff going on in there too. So um, 
Yep, definitely. Yep, I, I, I appreciate it. Check out. Yep. Okay. Um, the last few questions we have here are just eh, a little bit of different stuff. And the first one that I thought about was something that I know that, that I have some issues with sometimes. And then I was thinking about all mm -hmm. the things that, that you're doing. And what I have down here is just like work-life balance. So like you have a mm -hmm. lot of stuff going on. And this podcast takes a lot of time, I think, that you're working on. Like, how do, yeah. you, how do you fit all this stuff in? Do you have any, like, tricks that you do to, to deal with that? How mm -hmm. does your wife so get away with it? <laughs> <laughs> so so there's, there's a lot of things, uh, as you kind of alluded to, there's a lot of things going on in my life right now. So on top of working, you know, full-time job with the extra hours on, on top of that, uh, trying to get continued education, uh, at least a little bit for certifications and stuff. Um, you know, hobbies such as D&D uh, &D and golf and essentially the two podcasts and relationships and, and, and all of that stuff and different medical stuff going on. You know, we, we all have that stuff. Um, but for me, I, I kind of have it broken down into essentially eight, eight principles that I live by. Um, and I have had this conversation with a couple different people. Um, and so I, I can go over those pretty quickly uh, and then we can dive into whichever ones we want. Um, but essentially the eight principles are limit the drama that you invite into your life. Pick who you bring into your life. Remember uh, to have fun, but with a purpose. Do not procrastinate because that's that's a big one and you can really kind of get buried with that. Um, a big one that I've, I learned from my grandmother is, uh, learn when to worry and when not to, uh, it essentially comes down to her saying was, can you do anything about it? Then move on. And it's a very simplistic view, but you can break a lot of things down that way. Um, and we're, when we're dealing with like, uh, my wife's cancer or, uh, you know, my friends getting laid off or, you know, just everyday stuff, you can, you can simplify it down to that. Um, but moving on was, uh, doing a dependency review as far as setting aside some time to look at the stuff and review what you're truly dependent on, whether it's uh, diet, exercise, bills, relationships, get the core done and think about what you want to do for that. And then layer in about your personal goals. And then take that a step further to live by the small goals and keep it simple. Because we all have a way of making things way too complicated when they shouldn't be. Uh, and then one of the other things is uh, to put stuff back where you found it. And that's almost a simple principle that a lot of parents teach, you know, as your kid. But it goes yep. into a lot of the stuff with life. You know, if you're, no matter how old you are, if you're picking up after yourself as you go, or, you know, when you enter into a new uh, status uh, mentally, if you, if you try to wrap things up and leave better than when you came in, then you'll be in a much better place. Um, and so a lot of it is kind of stuff to, like, psychologically kind of think about. But that that's basically the stuff that i i try to live by in order to help me prioritize stuff the way that should be prioritized yeah i i think there's a lot of good stuff in there so 
I, I definitely do some of that, and some of it I don't do so well. Um, <laughs> yeah, the procrastinating thing I definitely learned over the years to improve at that. Yeah. Um, I took one swing through grad school that didn't go very well, and then uh, the second time that I did it, like 10 years later, I was then like the first student to turn in all the assignments and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You just kind of learn things as you go along. So, yeah. Um, and then I really liked your like, was it um, have fun with a purpose? Was that one of the yeah? So things? yeah, a, a lot of it comes down to you know, you, you got to be able to have fun. You got to be able to get, sit there and go do stuff. But if you're not doing it with a purpose, then you're just wasting time. So, you know, a, a lot of people like TV, for example, there's a lot of good content out there on TV. But if you're just mindlessly going through and watching show after show after show after show and not getting anything out of it, then at that point, you're just wasting time. But if you want to sit down and, you know, you, you want to watch Game of Thrones, for example, and that's that's what you really enjoy and it brings you joy. And then you're going to sit down with a purpose to watch that and then move on with your life. Um, and I think that that's something that we tend to just waste a lot of time in general and it's a very easy thing to do yeah so i think the way i was thinking about that one was like well if i'm going to like watch this show then i'm going to make sure it's something like well something that my wife wants to do or like if i'm going to play this game Mm -hmm. it's going to be one that my daughter wants to play or yeah absolutely um, like my fitness is mostly mostly my like fun that i have in my daily life is like riding Mm -hmm. my bike around and stuff like that and that has the purpose of me hopefully living longer. So yeah, yeah, that kind of thing. Um, Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Does does epically short fall in that like fun with a purpose category? Or is that somewhere else in there? So it that's definitely where it started at. And then it's like, okay, well, we're we're definitely having fun. We're enjoying doing this, you know, the 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 enjoyment and kind of that rush that you get throughout the episode, that's definitely comes with that. But then the purpose of is like, okay, well, we're providing content, this is what we're doing. And we're we're providing an a, a content in a way that most podcasts right now aren't even touching. So that's, that's our purpose. That's, that's kind of where epically short lives on this list. Okay. I wasn't sure if like transferring D&D to like kind of a business thing, like took any of the fun out mm-hmm. of it for you or not, or if you've been able to maintain that so far, it definitely adds a little stress that you have. Like I have Absolutely. a schedule I have to meet and this Patreon stuff I have to do. And yeah. Yeah. yeah there's it's for me, it necessarily hasn't taken the fun out of it. It's added a little bit. It, it, like you, like you were saying, you hit the nail on the head. It's added a layer of stress with it um, because now people are listening. People are waiting for your content. And if it's not going to come out on on time, then you you ultimately did something wrong or you didn't communicate something enough to, to the group that's waiting for that. Um, but me as a person, I love diagnosing the processes of what's going on. So a lot of this for Epically Short, particularly, it happened at lunches when Tony and I would would go out to lunch. There's a pizza place uh, called uh, Eddie and Sam's that's within walking distance of our work. And so we would walk there. And in the process of doing that essentially mile walk, 
we would start talking about all these different ideas and, and processes. Okay, well, if we need to do this, then the small goals to make up that is this, 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 and this. Um, and so for me, it was almost another layer of excitement, as weird as that sounds. Um, but it was it was definitely an enjoyment to do all of that. Yeah, I think there's definitely something to like finding a uh, rabbit hole of distraction these days. Like, um, yes. Of, of, yeah, I do really good to bury myself in some of this online stuff and avoid the real world. <laughs> because I think there's more stress out there than there is um, in a in a D&D game or on a Discord mm -hmm. server somewhere. So yeah. I definitely... No, it's, it's completely <laughs> true. You know, you, you always got to make sure that you leave time for you. And that's amongst everything that you need to do. You know, you, you may have kids and and a, a spouse and work and all this stuff. But at, at the the end of the day, at the end of the week, you need to make sure that you set aside some time for you to do what you want to do, whether that's 15 minutes, 30 minutes, a day, whatever that may be, you need to make sure that you set aside something. Yep. Um, okay. So this next thing is on here because um, like all the time it gets kind of brought up that like, Susan is the the fit one on the DNR cast, and <laughs> that's that's probably true to some degree. But I think you have a little bit of history with uh, some fitness stuff, including the one kind of running event that I've never had any interest in, and I'm just kind of wondering why you why you <laughs> like them, which is the the Tough Mudder event. And um, yes, I think you just signed up for another one, uh, maybe with yeah. your dad or something coming up. So. Talk about those briefly. Yeah, so so Tough Mudder, it's, for those that don't know it, it's a, a 12 to 13 mile mud run that has obstacles and rather extreme obstacles at that. And there for a while, I don't know about now because there's a lot of mud runs popping up, but there for a while it was essentially nicknamed like the most difficult mud run in the world. And or the most extreme mud run in the world, because you're you're getting electrocuted, you're getting shocked at some point. You're 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 jumping through fire. You're uh, climbing up ropes for you know thirty feet, and then you know transitioning over as there's stuff burning underneath you and smoke's going up. And uh, there's this big giant ice bath that you have to necessarily jump in and go. You know, there, there's all this crazy stuff going on and. For me to do a run, I need that stuff to break it up. Cool. I I can't just sit there and be like, yeah, I'm going to do a, a five-mile run. Awesome. And then I just sit there and, and go. I, I fidget too much to be able to do that, I think, is where most of it comes down to. Hmm. So with the mud runs, you're, you do like a half mile, a quick obstacle, half mile, quick obstacle, half mile, and, and that kind of repeats. So it, it kind of breaks up what I think is the boring part of running. So you're going from goal to goal to goal with a large goal of completing the race and being able to say that you just completed all that crazy stuff. Yeah, so to me, who is a runner like marathons and ultra marathons mm -hmm. and stuff. Uh, you just mentioned like eight things that I'm like, why would they do that to me when I'm trying to run? <laughs> so <laughs> that it doesn't make any sense to me. I don't want to be able to
electrocuted. I can't climb a rope. I didn't train for that. Um, yeah, so uh, not not. No, it, it's not all for. Me. But yeah, um, it, it's not no, for it's a, everyone. It was one of those things that, um, as a kid, I loved kind of doing those different challenging things. I loved kind of getting in the mud and doing all of that. And um, I, I, I kind of stopped there for a while and I don't know kind of why it popped back up, but it was one of those things that we were sitting there and we wa- we, we saw a uh, an ad for it. I think it was like on YouTube at the time. And we're like, whoa, that's insane. Like I want to be able to say that I completed that. And so we trained to be able to do it. And I've done six of them since. Uh, I haven't done any within like the last year and a half just because stuff's gotten busy, uh, life hits. But I've got six total and I'm hoping to get my seventh later this year. Yeah, so I definitely relate to that. Like, I want to be able to say that I did this. I want to be able to tell people that I did this or that Mm -hmm. kind of thing. Like, I, I definitely felt that way about running and some of the cycling events and stuff that I've done. Um, I'm kind of in a little bit of a drought with that right now. The last couple of events mm-hmm. I've signed up for, I've like bailed on for various reasons. Some having to do with like my kids' health this year kind of being messed up and yeah. my motivation went in the toilet for a while. <laughs> um, yeah, that's, that's it's a hard better, thing so. to keep up. Yeah. Um, okay. My my last thing that I had on here was uh, you are golfer, and yes. you're always here that golf is like the most expensive hobby that you could possibly have. Like people talk about golf as being very expensive, and I mm-hmm. would like to argue that cycling is probably just as expensive. So, <laughs> oh, okay, um, just just estimates here. Like, how much does it take to really like? If somebody wants to get into golf, like, what are we looking at? Like, I got to get clubs. I have to pay to golf, like, every time that I go. Mm-hmm. Like, what, what's a good estimate for, like, my first year in golf and then, like, like a serious, oh, like, you're going to step um, it up a notch? Like, what are oh, we geez. looking at here? <laughs> I don't know too much about, like, kind of what that yearly aspect is. But yeah, so getting started, I just had a friend actually, uh, this is really good timing. I just had a friend get started within golf. And it was one of those things like I, I was specifically telling him, I'm like, you know, go get a box set of clubs, you can get a whole set of clubs for $100. They're not the best. But you can see if you actually like the sport, if you like the technical pieces of it, we can go get you a set of, you know, uh, uh, balls that people just, you know, went uh scuba diving for in the lakes essentially we can go get you all that stuff and we can get you completely set up for like two hundred dollars and then you only got to pay the uh the range fees if you want to go to the range and practice which that's fairly cheap about every time you go it's roughly like fifteen dollars or so uh well about fifteen dollars for every two visits essentially uh at the place that i go to and then every time you want to go play golf if you want to go to a budget course, you're looking at around $30. If you want to go to a nice, uh, a nicer course, then you're looking at around like $75, $80. So golf's got a lot more budget friendly. Huh. But at the same point, it's like my friend was like, no, I want to make sure I get good gear and I want to get all this good stuff. So he did the the absolute opposite of what I told him to do. Um, 
so he went out and bought the the latest and greatest set of of ping uh irons uh p-i-n-g and really really nice clubs and he went and got a full set cust uh, a, a bag uh driver all the way down to putter and it cost him two and a half grand okay yeah and then <laughs> yeah and and then after that he instead of just going and getting budget golf balls he went out and bought the Titleist pro v1s because those are the 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 latest and greatest and and that's that's what's going on all the professionals are using them etc so for a box of 12 golf balls he's spending 50 dollars yeah, that's expensive. And then he goes out there. Oh, yeah, that's that's pretty expensive. And and then he goes out there and he loses all of those within the first nine holes. So he has to buy a hundred dollars worth of balls every time he goes out and goes golfing, on top of the the fee to just go out and play at the course. So you can do what he does and play the very expensive way, or you could do what I do. And up until just recently, I've been playing a set of clubs that like. I basically was negotiating people off of like eBay and offer up and these different things. And I bought my set of clubs for about $800 with the bag included. And, and I've been basically going to budget courses and getting Groupon deals for golf instructors and stuff. Um, and then just recently I've been saving up for quite a while to go get brand new set of clubs. So I just spent $3,500 on a complete custom set of clubs that have been measured and created just for me. So you can do it a very expensive way, but there's there's also a cheap way that, that people can get into it. So that that sounds relatively similar to cycling. Like I've helped a couple people on the, the Discord that have been looking for bikes and like a friend mm-hmm. around here. And it's like, well, you can get one for like 400 bucks if you want. Like... I wouldn't get yeah. one cheaper than that. Um, but, and like my first bike was like $700. And mm-hmm. I rode um, Ragbri, which is like the uh, the most popular bike tour in America. It's like 20,000 people biking across Iowa for a week. And oh, wow. uh, yeah, going to all these little small towns and mostly people drinking beer and listening to 1980s rock music covers. That's pretty much... <laughs> pretty much what ragbri is um but anyway yeah i made it through that and then you know i started reading all this stuff it's like well i think i want to do this bike ride i don't know if this bike will do it so then it becomes the like thirty five hundred dollar road bike with Mm -hmm. uh, my wife sitting here next to me she's getting a little angry as we go (laughs) Um, (laughs) and then like you know these carbon pedals weigh like half an ounce less than these other pedals and they're only $200. I should get those. Oh yeah. And uh, I'll stop that story there. There've been a couple bikes since then. <laughs> um, so yeah, we'll, we'll stop. But I think the answer is they can both be as expensive as you want them to be. Um, oh yeah. It's, it's so. insane. And that's with golfing. The one thing that you don't have to worry about is weight because <laughs> most of the time you're going to be in a cart. So it's like, okay, yeah, I could just get the heaviest, most durable bag out there that that's fine so it's like i have a bag and it's lasted me a couple years at this point however if you, we, we want to take kind of the the largest thing you know a bag versus a bike you're probably going to wear that bike out a lot faster than i would wear a bag out yeah that's possible i think i think another cost with both of them is like 
when you get into the the destination thing, like, oh, I have to go play this course. And then you're yeah. like building travel and stuff in. That's that's where like if I want to go yeah. do Ragbri again, that's like a thousand dollars for the week for people yeah. to haul my stuff around and me to buy food every day. Or mm-hmm. um, there's this ride I wanted to do in Oklahoma next year. Um, but I have to drive to Oklahoma and stay in a hotel for three days and drive back from yeah. Oklahoma and that's expensive. So I don't know. Yeah. Y- you can definitely get pretty expensive with both of these. I try to <laughs> stick to the budget side, uh, yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah, I, I have failed horribly at that, but that's okay. <laughs> so, um, all right. Well, I think, I think that about wraps it up uh did you have any final things you wanted to talk about or say or anything oh no i think that's it thank you for for asking me to do this this is great yeah i i think you volunteered but that's okay yeah so because i was not going to ask any more cast members and i think you're like hey i would totally do that i'm like okay that sounds good yeah i I think you brought it up at one point of like yeah i need to find people i was like i'll do it yep that's pretty much it so there might be one more because I think Steve was recruiting at Dragon Con, but uh, we, might, <laughs> we might have one more cast member at some point. But I'm really not trying to get the cast on here. It just, yeah. just kind of happens every once in a while. So, um, all right. Well, thanks, everybody, for listening. And we're going to stop rambling now. Thanks again, Ryan. Yeah, thank you.